Today's special edition of the In The Money Players podcast is brought to you by our friends at Del Mar, specifically the Del Mar Summer Handicapping Challenge, which is going on this weekend, July 30th, July 31st. This is a live money on-track contest hosted by Del Mar. 100% of the prize pool distributed back to players, including Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge and NHC entries. It costs 5000 to play. You can register right on the Del Mar website. Navigate over to the contest area and uh, smash that register button to get involved. It's going to be a great contest, one of the big ones every year. And yeah, check it out. DMTC.com slash handicapping slash challenge. That gives you the direct link to it as well. Thanks once again to our friends at Del Mar. Hello and welcome to this Del Mar Summer Handicapping Challenge edition of the In the Money Players podcast. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornatel. I'm not in Del Mar. I wish I was in Del Mar. At least I did last week when it was approximately 98 degrees here. But it's one of those things where until I can figure out how to be in two places at once, I have to choose. I am in Saratoga at the Little House on the east side, but happy to bring in two guests located currently in Del Mar. And we'll start with a man who I believe is playing in the Del Mar Summer Handicapping Challenge. You know him from his work as the managing partner, one of the managing partners of Little Red Feather Racing. You also know him from his Owner's Box podcast he does here on In The Money Media. He is Billy Koch. Billy, how are things? Things are great, Pete. I got my morning voice. It's very early. (laughs) Um, But I'm looking forward to going through this with you and Michelle. And... I think we're gonna we're gonna find some nice spot plays. We're gonna look at these stakes, and I'm in the contest. But I'm, so I'm gonna give opinions. But there's a lot more to it than just having the right horses. It's how you bet these horses. So I'm gonna stay away from that a little bit. But uh, we'll go through it. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you, and I'm hoping last time you were on the show and I introduced you, 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 you said or you indicated that you thought my intro was a little perfunctory. Hopefully, I was effusive enough in my uh, praise in the intro today. I'm not going to lie. I got the chills during your <laughs> intro. I really did. I, I, I think that's because you have to pee. No, I don't have to pee. <laughs> I already peed, and I've had a cup of coffee. This is amazing. That other voice you hear, she's already been alluded to. She's a superstar. We always love to have her on these airwaves. You've seen her on her various work on television, hosting Beach Boss this summer, actually co-hosting with the, with the other guest, uh, also from the owner's box. She is Michelle Yu. Michelle, what's going on? Not too much, Pete. Not too much. Billy, I'm surprised you have that much of a voice after the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, my God. That was fantastic. You guys went, they did some rocking and rolling uh, last night? I didn't. I was invited, but I, I'm actually at home. I'm not in Del Mar for the, I'm leaving here to go back down there today, but it seems like everybody else in Del Mar went. How was the show, Billy? It was special. Uh, Great. Yeah, I was exhausted yesterday, to be honest with you. I, I, I went a little too hard at the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but it was so good. And, <laughs> I bet. You know, I don't know all the words. Um, give it away. I give know, it away. Give it away now. That's the yeah, only so word. It, there was a lot of, you know, uh, um, th- uh, uh, l- give me a song, Michelle. That's literally the only song I know. That's the only song you know? <laughs> I think so. uh, I'll play Californication. Yeah, oh, yeah. so it was like Californication. And it was like... <laughs> 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 
I feel like the Red Hot Chili Peppers is a band that you don't know like all the work, like you don't know all their songs, and then like they play, and you're like, I know this song. Exactly. They're definitely that's exactly right. Even if you don't think you know, you know seven songs, even if you don't know it, and it might be more like nine nine of them, you know, uh, at least. Anyway, that sounds really fun. I wish I'd been able to go. We do have some. Fun concert action up here at Saratoga this year as well. I don't think the Chili Peppers are coming through, but I, I got to get things locked down. There, there, there's definitely some interesting opportunities. But the singing portion of the day is closed, and now <laughs> it's time to get down to business and talk about this card. As Billy indicated, we're going we're gonna to spot play it, but it's, uh, it's loaded. I mean, this is a great contest betting card. We've got 11 races. We've got uh, a, a bunch of particularly interesting ones, and I think we decided we're going to kick off with race number three, it, very interesting looking um, maiden special weight for two-year-old fillies going a mile on the grass. And Billy, you have a special interest in this one? Yeah, we we own the five Comanche country, so we need to say that right away. Um, so I am 100% biased in my opinion in this race. Uh, this filly, we purchased her after her maiden race where she ran second by a nose. Uh, decided to leave her with the trainer because uh, we had vetted her. She vetted her so well. She came out of the race well, and the trainer was very excited to try to run her in this kind of group uh, race uh, at Nas where she had already won. And honestly, the competition was tough. Um, You look at the winner, Mediate, who came back and won again after that race. And she didn't run very well that day, but she came out fine. It was on two weeks rest, or you can see there. Uh, and and we shipped her here to Phil D'Amato. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's a pretty good turf trainer. <laughs> oh, he's a pretty good trainer, I should say, not just turf. But How does he do with first-time North American imports? Yeah, it's it's a big percentage. I don't know what it is, but it's pretty dang good. Very big. Um, yeah. And Umberto Raspoli's riding really well. If you guys watched opening weekend, uh, he rode Balnikov for us to a win in the ocean side. And, and this filly's training really well. We have high expectations for her, and I think she's going to run big. Now, saying all that, she's going to provide little value. Um, she will probably be in the eight to five range in my estimation. But when you look at this race overall, I think you have to look at the Green-Eyed Lady Quarantella race, where Green-Eyed Lady was three to two that day in her debut, got beat two lengths for Mike McCarthy. You have Quarantella, who actually beat her for Dan Blacker, and she was bet that day. She was only five to one. Bravo rides for Blacker. I think the race is those three. I don't think you're getting a big price here uh, because those two should improve on the stretch out. I think we uh, have a big shot in here. I don't think you're getting a big price, but you can, if you fall in love with one of these horses, take a swing here makes sense to me michelle you're usually one who'll come up with something creative you're you're not necessarily interested in getting stuck into these uh these chalky ideas in a race like this where does your eye go in race number three so those are actually my top three picks in there but i do have two price considerations for you what's your uh the first one is the one bold connection for todd fincher this horse ran third on debut it's a daughter of uncle mo she's gonna get blinkers on here she was sprinting on the dirt which to be fair uncle mo can do everything um, but 
I think that stretching out is eventually what she wanted to do. And so they get her, they get her to do that here. She didn't have the cleanest trip on debut and she was still able to rally on late. And I think that she'll fit the grass just fine. Todd Fincher already with a winner yesterday. And if you don't know Todd, he's kind of like the Bob Baffert of like the middle of the country. Um, Michelle, but, Michelle, what? can I, can I step in here? Yeah. I think that's a great pick. Oh, thank um, you. She had trouble last time. If you look at Thurgraph and if you, sometimes we do when we look at trip notes and everything, this horse had trouble and she gets blinkers. She stretches out. She's well-bred. She was $200,000 yearling purchase at Keeneland. And of the th- th- of the four favorites, I think she'll be fourth. And I think if you're looking for value, that's a great way to go. She uh, also, we're talking about Todd just a little bit too, and he's 34% with maidens making their second start. So you're looking at gaudy numbers. He's right up there. Um, and the other horse that I like is the six dancing Mo for Ruben Gomez, which is certainly not a wind machine. And maybe you don't want to put this horse on top, but there's a chance at 30 to one on the morning line. This horse really relishes a swap to the stretch out on the grass. She's actually out of a mare that you might know, P. I lost my chew. Who yep, was. I remember. Okay, so I was like a huge fan of I Lost My Chew. Not that not because of the shoe, but because I really loved uh, the connections. And I was in New York a lot when she was running. Um, she was a flying Z horse uh, trained by Phil Serpy, and she was a really good turf mare. So I think that the way this horse is training with a race out of the belt that wasn't terrible uh and coming over to a different surface in routing she's really interesting here to me at 30 to 1 if i were to hold your feet to the fire michelle for a top pick amongst the five four and nine where which one would well, you the, five, the five is my top selection and here i'm not stupid i can read the form <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see I, you would think between the the trainer stats and that uh and the the irish form that she is going to take a lot of beating for billy and the little red feather partners let's zip ahead to another two-year-old Maiden special weight race. It goes as race number six, 737 Eastern is the post time for this one. We've got a field of 10 slated to go postward. Michelle, who did you like in here? Um, so my top pick was obviously the Bob Baffert horses. I mean, they're six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Newgate, obviously, well meant $850,000 son of into mischief here. I mean, you look at the workout pattern, he's obviously like going to be very good. And if he's not, I will be shocked. Uh, his stablemate hard to figure appears to be just as quick as him on paper. Although he was a smidgen cheaper have to remember, we have a good juvenile debut pedigree to this one. So if he's a big price difference, I mean, maybe that's the way to go. He has two siblings that won their debuts, um, including stakes winner inconclusive. So I was just kind of quaffling between those two as a top pick, but I did have two horses. Actually, there's three horses in here that are like pretty much double digits that I think you could look at to clear out your exactus, right? The six, Colomio for Keith DeSormo, who I thought had a ton of trouble first time out. And as we know, Keith's horses usually get better as they run. So that could be one to come in underneath that's going to start to get the legs rolling late. Uh, South Coast route coming out of a third in that same race that Keith was in. And uh, I thought looked decent enough first time out that he might have been able to win and he was coming in that race. And then to the outside, the 11, Odonata 
for Doug O'Neill. Blinker's coming on after a dead heat situation where there was a first and second, he was third, but technically to me, that means he was second. Uh, and he broke from the rail that day at Los Alamitos, which is not always the best place to be. Unfortunately, he gets the outside and he's kind of a grinder sort. I don't necessarily, I would actually love to see his horse in the grass personally, but uh, if he ends up staying in this spot, he might be able to round out your exactas, but he would be my my bottom selection here, unless they move the race to grass. If they do, let me know. <laughs> Interesting Off New York bread pedigree there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the next time I see that will be the first Lauban and then uh, a Freud dam. So yeah, th- this is one you, you'd think you'd be seeing running around on the grass up here at, uh, at Saratoga, but Michelle makes an interesting case. Billy, let's bring you back in, in a race where it looks like Bob Baffert may well hold all the cards. Are you with one of his or something else? Well, he does hold all the cards. And if you look at Delmar, maiden races especially for boys over the last 10 years i'm sure bob baffert is probably about 88 (laughs) percent and that's not even a joke Uh, it's he wins every race and he's probably going to win this race uh i don't uh, probably newgate better post um brings in johnny v I've heard about this horse for months. So Newgate is the most likely winner. Hard to figure. Will run well. Uh, Pegram, Watson, and Whiteman, good friends uh, who, you know, they come to fire at Del Mar. They won the other day. They were six to five. The other Baffert was, I think, two to one, and they won. So uh, really look at the tote board. I like Michelle's analysis. If when you look at these kind of races, you want horses that have a little experience. And I think that Keith DeSormo and Pete Miller and Doug O'Neill all realized this, wanted to get a start in at Los Al uh, before coming to Del Mar. And I think that could be important. I do like the Odonata going from inside at Los Al to outside here, gets blinkers on, Cedillo sticks around, horse was bet first time out i think if you're looking for uh, a, a horse to upset the baffert that would be the one on the outside so odonata for me for a price but likely going to be very difficult to beat the bafferts let's move ahead on this card the next race we have scheduled to talk about is race number seven billy you chose this race why did you choose it well i think it's a really good race i think these turf sprints are are really tough. I think it's wide open. We have a horse in here. His name is Yes, He Can. He's on the outside. He's eight to one on the morning line for Phil D'Amato and Kyle Frey. Uh, We caught a really kind of good race that fit him in the starter allowance back in June when we brought him in for the ship and win at Santa Anita. And this horse has trained really, really, really well at Los Al. Phil's kept him there. You look at his last three works, he went 59 and one, a minute flat, 59 and three. I can tell you I was there for a lot of those works. This horse is really doing well. He's a should be a bit in really nice price draws outside of a lot of the obviously all the speed because he's outside Cotopaxi right to his inside is really really fast i know they wanted to run this horse for 40 yesterday uh but didn't get into the field and i think there's some other speed and i think i think that yes he can is going to get a really good trip in here but of course he's no cinch uh lane's way coming off the layoff uh the only I think when they fig- they finally figured him out, his last race at Santa Anita was back in October, but it was it was awesome. Ran a big number that day, crushed. Um, gets Rispoli. I think Commander's a back-classer, 
we actually owned Commander at one point. We brought him over from France, uh, really improved for Pete Miller, kind of started to tail off, and then he got a nice break. He could run big. I think Whooping Jay is kind of – everybody's talking about Whooping Jay off the claim to Bill Spar. And you just have a really – you could go a number of ways. I'm not giving a strong opinion here. I just think it's a really, really good race, and I think, yes, he can, is ready to run another big race. I'm going to list your thoughts as 9463 for those that subscribe to In The Money Plus, where you get little digests of all the picks from the different shows, as well as a bunch of extra content. You okay with that, 9463? Yeah, that's fine. I I would say I'm going to go 97. 9764. How about that? Okay. 9764. I didn't I talked okay. about Cotopaxi. I think he's the speed of the speed. And if you watch the races lately, um, and if you look on paper, I think he's the fastest. And I think it could be one of those races where he gets clear. Yes, he can's in a stalking position, and then you're gonna have some late runners. So I'm gonna go nine seven six four. Michelle, let's bring you back in for your thought on this one. You you with Billy's horses or you got another idea? So I didn't use Billy's horse just because uh, class was a, certainly a question for me. He did beat an, a starter allowance group, but Barrist in the bold I don't think would be a factor among these $80,000 horses. So just because of that, I was trying to go somewhere else. <laughs> I actually ended up on the other uh, Phil D'Amato, Cool Thard in here. He's 12 to 1. So it's D'Amato. And Ramon Vasquez at 12 to 1. He's first time gelding. He's been running competitively at this level, although a couple of those outs were down the hill. He actually hasn't gotten to go the flat five furlongs in a significant amount of time. But the day that he did over in Ireland, he was second that day, only beat in a half. So maybe the turn back in distance and the gelding and the freshening, all these things are going to combine. Which when I saw the price, I thought, you know what? Because it is such a salty race, I'm going to go there and see if I can't cash in on, on a D'Amato sleeper. The other horse that I thought was interesting was the one chasing money for Mark Glatt, another first-time gelding. His last couple were all against stakes horses, and the green flash was not great, but he went to the sidelines after that. For me, anytime a horse runs a race that isn't good and then they get time off, that to me is a, a look back at them. And that race ended up being particularly tough with Lieutenant Dan winning it. And if I'm not mistaken, he ran second in the Breeders' Cup after that. Um, he did. So, okay. So it was a really good uh, effort, I felt like, and chasing money. He's not coming in here with Wicked Fast Works, which – I don't know. It could be a concern, I guess, when you're talking about a turf sprinter. But I know he's capable at five. I know he likes five. I think the level is fine for him. And I like the fact that they did something different and uh, gave him the old snip snip. <laughs> the old snip snip. If you want oh, my you know, whole order of, of favorites, it's five, one, four, six in that order. But That's why I like really this kind of race, Pete. About other horses. That's why I like this race because we we fell on so many different horses. And I think this is a... This could be a separator race in a in a pick five or a pick six or a you know even the contest. I, I hear you, and I think it's an interesting race to talk about for sure. I did pull those Baffert stats. Now I don't have time 88%. to do all the math. Well, here's the thing. So the raw number. So all I did in my formulator database is put in two year olds dirt at uh, Firsters at Del Mar. So what this doesn't account for is the fact that in many of these races, he has two. Correct. So what I'd really like to see is what percentage of races he enters, he wins. I can't do that with a couple of clicks while multitasking. So, But even just doing it that way where you're going to get you know baked in extra horses that lose because you can't win the same race twice unless it's a dead heat, 
39%, an incredible 67% in the money. And get this, you'd think, oh, ROI-wise, you must lose a ton of money because it's so obvious. No, the $2 ROI... 194. So you can't yeah. make money betting them blind, but I mean you you don't have to do too much handicapping to turn a 194 ROI into something into something positive. Just just incredible numbers. And yeah, and that number is going to be a lot closer to Billy's uh, wild guess um, <laughs> when you when you take out the, 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 the that fact that I mentioned before. So anyway, pretty pretty darn impressive stuff. We've got a couple of uh, big graded stakes races that I want you guys to talk about before I let you get out of here. So I say we move on to the first of those, which is the very next race, the grade one Bing Crosby. Now, this is a race where you want to talk about a fun open stakes race. We've been up here at Saratoga. We've seen some top level horses, but the stakes program, it's been a lot of, you know, four and five. And here we get a full field of 10. I wouldn't say you have any established superstars, but you do have a bunch of horses who are maybe ready for their close ups. Michelle, who's going to get their picture taken after the Bing Crosby? Okay, so, I mean, I think Shaz is the most likely winner in this particular spot. The funny thing is he's never gone six furlongs. They debuted him at six and a half. They came back at seven. They just continuously stretched him out. He was notoriously quirky before his unveiling um, on opening day last year. But I, I feel like I've seen a lot more straightness and maturity from him in the mornings. His last three works especially have been very good. He's actually been working in company with Country Grammar. And if you go on XPTV and you watch these works, you don't need to know anything about working to see that Shaz is going tons easier than country grammar who's getting hard ass and hard push to keep up and maintain these speeds while Shaz is pretty much under a hold. So I did use him on top, but for me in my like multi-race wagers or anything, I don't think he's a single. I I want to use Bag Boss in here in some way for Brendan Walsh. He brings in back-to-back wins and this will be his stakes unveiling, but I think he deserves a chance in here. His numbers are okay. We know he likes the distance and I wouldn't mind to see him close to the front end, um, or at least as close as maybe he could come to something. Uh, I also like the horse to his outside, drain the clock for Safi Joseph. Now, this horse is kind of like feast or famine, so he's a little difficult to use as of late, but he turned his head at the start last time off the break. So I'll give him that and say, just draw a line through it. He went right of the golden Shaheen before that. I mean, not everybody can handle the ship over to Dubai. So I'll draw a line through that. Um, I like the fact that he has beaten Jackie's Warrior. I like the fact that he was a relatively consistent performer last year. I like the fact that he seems to be versatile as far as where he sits in the um, in the running style. So if he's at this price or a little higher, to me, he's a play. But I do have one price horse, and that's the six. How be it? Um, now, came off of the layoff, which we haven't seen him since August of last year. And Mark Glatt thought, oh, we'll just run him up in the Oak Tree Special at Pleasanton. It'll be a nice, you know, race out of the belt. I'm sure he was banking on a win there. And right out of the gate, he stumbles, he falls on his face, and he drops Evan Roman. So at that point, if you watch the replay, he's like so far out of the race you can't even see him on the screen and then you blink and all of a sudden like he's rolling up on the inside solo now some horses obviously continue to run 
on the, you know, in the race, but they're just kind of like wah wah. This horse was like trying to win the race. He wasn't sure there why he got so light, but he was happy. And he came up on the <laughs> inside. And then the uh unfortunately for him, he blew the turn completely, right? So at that point, again, most horses say, eh, I'm done, whatever. Oh, not how be it. So when they turn for home and how be it's blown the turn, he comes again on the outside with this like furious rally and he almost quote unquote wins the race. But if he had a rider on and he had gotten a clean trip, no doubt he would have won the race. And it would have been a nice prep for this particular spot. So if he can kind of run the way he did, which is actually really good for him because he had no weight on his back. I feel like even though he's never been a super classy horse in the past, like he could be a horse to reckon with this group at 20 to 1 or higher. It's a very fun, interesting angle. And at 20 to 1, if how be it gets up in the number, could be Julio get the stretch time for Michelle. I like the sound of it very much. Billy, give me your thoughts on this year's Bing Crosby. I think it's a really, really good race. I think it's very deep, which is um, saying something, especially when you look at the Saratoga stakes and every race has four horses, five horses. Credit Delmar Pete for having some nice fields. Um, especially in these stakes races. I don't agree with Michelle about how be it. Um, we owned how be it. We sold him after his Pat O'Brien. And when we stepped him up that day in the Pat O'Brien, we really loved him. He was bet to seven to one against Ginobili, CZ Rocket, Flagstaff, and he just didn't fire. Um, maybe he had started to go the wrong way. There was a long layoff ensued, and I don't know how he beats this field off the layoff without that prep. Uh, you can say he ran well without a jockey, but I don't buy it. Okay. Um, I like Bag Boss. Mm-hmm. I think his pattern, he gets better every single start. Ran a career top last time, and they've given him plenty of time since that race on June 12th. Brendan Walsh does not mess around. There's no reason, there's plenty of spots to run back east, and he decides to ship out here. I think it's interesting that in the past, I would say you want to avoid shippers because the track at Del Mar's deeper, but I think it's a little faster this year. Um, you, and you saw that horse of Todd Fincher's yesterday in that really good allowance race with the Phillies just absolutely dominate um, some Baffert runners and and dance to the music for Glatt. And I think Bad, Bad Boss kind of fits that mold. He's a six furlong specialist, where as a horse like Shaw's, as Michelle mentioned, is not. And I just think he he might get a good trip in here uh, being up close. He, in eight career starts, he's never missed the board. Three wins, four seconds, one third. And I think eight to one is a really, really good price for him. My other long shot is on the extreme outside, and that's get her number. Pete Miller's off to a little bit of a slow start. This horse ran a big race, one of the fastest uh, numbers in the race when he won last time in an allowance race at Churchill. He has some back class. He ran third to American Theorem and Principe Carlo in the triple bend. Um, not sure I like the shipping all over the place, but I like the post. And if it gets hot early, I think this horse is going to have a big, wide, late run for Pete Miller. And 12 to 1 mm-hmm. in this kind of race is really a, a juicy price. So I'm 310 here, two bombs to kind of get some contest money uh, in a wide open race. I, I like both of your analysis on this one. Can't wait to see how it plays out. I, wa- I want to say way, real quick, Principe Carlo was one of my favorite just horses of all time. I absolutely love him, and he loves me. When we see each other, we like yell at each other. <laughs> now, I think that the distance is too short for him, but I will be rooting with my heart, just not my not my wallet today, but my heart with for Principe Carlo. 
I like that. I like I like the idea that you holler at each other. Oh yeah, I mean, when he comes in the paddock, I'm like Carlo, and he looks up and looks at me, and he whinnies every time. Liberato thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> Something to look for in the paddock on Saturday at Del Mar, to be sure. I'll tell you what, that's a that's a really fun, really interesting race. So is the San Diego, and we've got a field of nine here, but it's it's got some serious runners, some really interesting storylines. Mandaloon making his return to the races. Uh, Royal Ship, we'll see what he's got going on. Of course, I'm the most interested to see, and I'm going to start, Michelle, with a question for you about Country Grammar, who I think has the best form and is the fastest horse in the race. A lot of narratives floating around about Country Grammar. We're hearing the, you know, based on those less than stellar, I'm just going to say, works compared to, to Shah's, that maybe this is one of these horses that Dubai trip took something out of him, hearing, oh, maybe... The, the 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 mile and a sixteenth is is just going to end up being too sharp for this runner. I don't know. I think he's still the fastest horse in the race. I'm really curious to see him. How do you think? Are you worried at all about how he's looked in those same workouts with Shaws? And how do you think he gets on on Saturday? Yeah. So I mean, I think that the distance is really the key for Country Grammar. Um, I don't necessarily like think that it took too much out of him. He's never been like a super flashy workhorse. I think the fact that he's actually been working these faster times, even though it is like under duress, I feel like just shows that Bob's trying to get him like extra, extra fit. I mean, you can go back and watch works for country grammar for like the last year and a half, I feel like. And you know, his, he's, when he goes solo, he goes like 49 and change. Um, you know, at, one point in time, he was working with like doppelganger and pretty much getting outworked. Now he wasn't being worked upon this hard as he is um, in in these recent works. But I think that it's more just him Baffert putting him with like a naturally faster horse to try to get him like extra fit in these like morning race scenarios, right? But the distance I'm certainly concerned with here, um, you know, he's a pure mile and a quarter horse. He won the Gold Cup. He won the Dubai World Cup. Uh, he did break his maiden at nine furlongs and won the Peter Pan there. But I feel like overall, I'm not sure the mile and a 16th is great. I think this is just going to set him up for the Pacific Classic. And who do you like as an alternative in the San Diego? I don't know. I really don't know who to pick in here. I like I've never been a huge Mandaloon fan um, because I just felt like everyone gave him so much like credit, and he just kind of falters on these big days. That being said, he likes the distance, right? Like his act, the races he has actually crossed the wire in front include the Pegasus and the Louisiana. And those were both at a mile and a 16th. So this could really be a situation where trip prevails for Mandaloon, who does look good when he's been training out here. Um, But I'm thinking about putting Stiletto Boy back on top in this spot. Because I look at the race and it's super competitive, but I feel like a lot of these horses are really kind of gearing towards either they're trying something crazy um, or they're gearing towards another race. And I think that Stiletto Boy comes into every race like thinking about this race. He won the California um, in gate-to-wire style really impressively. He came back and wasn't as good in the Gold Cup. He looked a little flat that day, but I think the turn back is going to flatter him here. Um, he appears to be training very well. I haven't actually seen him train recently, but I don't know. I, I thought that maybe today could be the day for him to get back on the beam. 
and Mandaloon will be on some tickets as well. Was I is that is that right? Yeah, I mean, I'll look at him only because of the distance scenario in here. And I don't are the, Billy. Do you know if they're going to run there? Goes Harvard here in the turf race. I don't know. There goes Harvard was entered on Sunday for the Eddie Reed. Reed I don't like it. There goes Harvard in here. I think he ran the best race of his life last time. They have given him time, but I don't love him in here. Um, I, I think again, this is a really, really good race. And I think you can make a case for almost every horse in here. Um, if you're, I, I, but I always land on the prices or at least try to, and I don't know what's wrong with defunded. Uh, draws a nice inside post, has speed, will probably be in front, right? Because Cedillo and Baffert are going to send from the inside if the, just to stretch out the field, set it up for country grammar, whatever the case. But I think this horse is getting better. He paired mm-hmm. ones last time uh, in his last two starts, forgive me. He's had time. He's had a good work over the track. And I see no reason at five to one why Defunded can't take these on a merry journey. One of those races where at the three ace he starts to extend his lead, and uh, and is very tough. I'm going to give you guys a big Good long call, shot. though, Billy. What's that? Good I call. can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Looks the best speed. Yeah, I'm going to give you a big long shot. Don't Parnelli. say Parnelli. Oh my no, God. I'm telling you Parnelli. And <laughs> I've never been a fan of this horse, but. They had really high expectations for this horse early on. CRK is having a great meet. In fact, I think they're leading the owner standings. I think they had like three or four wins opening weekend. This horse was always meant to be a good horse. And it looks like in his last two starts, he started to figure it out. Um, I think he's going to get a good trip in here. Uh, I think sheriffs can can knows what he's doing with older horses. He knows what he's doing with all horses, but especially older horses. And I just have a sneaking suspicion that this horse is what I'll call arrow up, um, you know, on the improve. He's 15 to one. He might be 30 to one. And uh, maybe it's a good try filler for a contest play with uh, Parnelli. Damn it, Billy. Now you've like talked me into Parnelli and I was just like, (laughs) no, listen, you can't go wrong given a, 30 to one shot, right? Like you did in that other race with how be it, even though I don't agree with you, but I think this horse has a chance if he's getting better and gets the right trip. Uh, you know, a lot of these horses have seen their best days. Um, you look at a horse like Tripoli, who knows they gave him one on the grass. This horse won the Pacific classic last year. I mean, Tripoli is going to be a price in here too. So there's a lot of ways you can go. And at the end of the day, in a race like this, I think especially is for try to find value. It's very hard to argue, and especially when there's questions around the forces at the shorter end of the odd spectrum. Michelle, why did you say don't say Parnelli? Were you afraid that you were going to be uh, seduced? I just I knew Billy was going to come in there and then throw it like another horse in my face, and I'm like, Ugh. I mean, you know, like Billy said, his last two have been good, um, and <sighs> damn it, I think I was this just is our beach that, like, boss race, Michelle. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to change my pick to Parnelli now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's allowed. I'm not sure you, you haven't can done do the beach yet. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying it's like that's just mean to do to your co-host. Oh, oh. we're fine. It's all good. <laughs> hey, that was fun. Tell folks where tell folks where they can find Beach Boss while we have you. I have no idea. No, <laughs> it's on Twitter, YouTube. 
It's on oh YouTube. It's on I hope Delmar. you don't say that when people ask where you can find the owner's box. No, I, I have the no owner's box because I here's the thing. I I like thought YouTube was for watching videos. Like I'm shocked that there's all kinds of like crazy streams you can watch on there now. Yeah, oh, yes. I literally have zero idea how to use it. So I know that we live stream on YouTube and the link goes okay. up on Twitter. Delmar channel? I don't know. Yes. See, I, don't, I, I didn't know they have channels and all kinds of crazy stuff like oh, that. Yeah, I didn't know. We have a channel on there. Yeah, yeah I know you guys do now. I just don't know how to get the, there or anything. So I will say I would say social media. Social media seems like a no brainer. If yes. you're simuling it on your social and Billy's social, people can find it there. Michelle, remind folks where they can find you on Twitter if you even know. At the Michelle U. There you go. That was good. That was easy. And Billy. At BKLRF. Uh I I will say, and I don't normally do this, but the last two episodes of the owner's box, we had Saul Cumin. Uh, from Madikit Stables, and we had David Jerkins, who is the racing secretary at Del Mar. Both episodes are very good. They're not you. You will learn a lot about the game, and that's what we set to do on the owners' box. We tell stories about owners, and uh, Saul was great. Michelle is always great. I suck normally, but um, they're good to listen to. So if you haven't done that already, check it out. It's called the Owners' Box. It's on the in the media in. The Money Media Network. There you go. In the Money Podcast.com, one place you can find it. Or if you go to our what we call the black feed, the house feed, or the owner's box individual feed, wherever you get your podcast, you'll be able to find it. If you have trouble, make sure to reach out. I, I think that I'm I'm probably going to get a, a reputation as being kind of a nasty guy. I mean, given the, the the depth of both of your voices on the show, like that Four Natal guy, he makes us get up in the middle of the night and do these shows. In, in truth, you guys requested this time. I just want to make that clear. I requested this time because otherwise I got two kids and it's just too hard to sit down for 30 <laughs> minutes or 45 minutes and do this. Well, I really appreciate you guys getting up early, doing the show. We encourage folks to check out this Del Mar contest. Go to the DMTC website for details. But this is this is a major as far as I'm concerned. Contest players from all over the country converging. Test your metal against Billy Koch and everybody else out there. Uh, well, hopefully we'll have a, a little bit of a rundown. Who knows? Maybe Billy will win the thing or another friend of the network will win the thing. We'll get him on next week to talk more about it. But yeah, this show has been a production of In the Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Cotney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos.